How's everybody tonight? It's a good day, right? God's good. He's good to us all the time, and the Word of God is good. I'm telling you, the Word of God is good. Um, put that uh, message, Luke, Luke uh, 10, yes, in the message. Um, so, just prophetically, I'm speaking this over each one of you, and we're going to pray before I get started. But I want to read these two verses of Scripture. This is Luke 10, 19, and 20 in the message. See, actually, can you back up to 18? Okay. Jesus said, I know I saw Satan fall, a bolt of lightning out of the sky. 19. See what I've given you? Safe passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions, and protection from every assault of the enemy. No one can put a hand on you. Verse 20. All the same, the great, all the same, the great triumph is not in your authority over evil, watch this, but in God's authority over you and his presence with you. Not what you can do for God, but what God does for you. That's the agenda for rejoicing. Why? Because what God has done for you and I is empowered us to have dominion and authority over any and everything that is out there. He's given us. Everybody stand to your feet, lift your hand, lift your right hand, and I'm praying over you today. I'm declaring this today. Father, in the name of Jesus, the authority that you have given to each and every person in this house, that authority, that dominion that they were created with that's on the inside of them, that authority and dominion tonight in the name of Jesus is releasing in them and they're taking authority and putting up with nothing that the enemy throws their way. Lord, I declare tonight that they're healed in their bodies, they're prosperous in everything that they set their hand to, that this is the day that the enemy is under our feet and we are, we are on top and not underneath. The enemy is defeated, Jesus is Lord, and we in the earth rule and reign and have authority and dominion over anything and everything that moves. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you the glory and the praise tonight. And everybody said amen, amen. and amen. Come on, give him praise. Amen. In Jesus' name. Well, tonight, um, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing in a summer rerun on Wednesday night. We've been doing those on Sunday, the last, last couple of Sundays, yeah, right? Yeah, last two Sundays. We've done summer reruns. And I, I did a series a while back entitled, The Source of All Fear. And uh, so I've just taken about five of the scriptures that I used in that, in, that, uh, in that series. It was four Sundays that I taught on it. I think it was four or five. And uh, I took about five verses of scripture, four or five verses of scripture, and I want to I want to drive several of these points home tonight that I believe everybody in the house needs to hear. You need to hear this 
for your life. Amen? Um, and I want to say this. I'm going to say this to you, and I want you to repeat it after me. We, let's say it like you mean it. We are a church of receivers because no fear is in us. You're supposed to stutter when you said that. No. Because there's no fear in us. Right? We are receivers because we have no fear. What hinders people from receiving is fear. And we've talked about this at many different times, the different types of fear that there are. There are many, there are many types and levels of fear that people deal with in their life, and it keeps you from receiving from God. Amen? And I declare tonight that we are a, we are a church of receivers. I am a receiver because no fear has any place in me. So, I want to start with um, a verse out of Psalms. Well, actually four verses. Out of the book of Psalms, chapter 34. And verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. David, this is a psalm of David and he said in verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all of my fears. You know, there's, there's three statements in this verse. The first one is, I sought the Lord. The second statement here is, and the Lord heard me. Who said that the Lord heard him? David. David said, the Lord heard me. So, it's not God telling David he needs to hear him. David is saying, the Lord heard me. So, in his seeking, he heard from the Lord. And he knew that the Lord heard him in what his petition and prayer was. He knew. That's what he said right here. And the third statement is that God delivered him of all fear. Of all of his fears. Now, we've talked about this before, and I'm not going in-depth into this, but there are many types of fears in the world and the system that we live in. There's the fear of man. Um, you, can be in, you can be in fear of people, intimidated by people. You can be intimidated by people's positions in the world. You, you can be a person that works a job that the world says is uh, less impressive than a, than a job maybe that someone else works. You can compare your job to how much money you make. You make a certain amount of money, you know someone else makes a whole lot more money, and it, just in that in itself, that can intimidate you. That's fear. 
There's, there's the fear of intimidation of man. Um, there's the fear that, of the control that man has over individuals. There is the fear of failure, fear of failing in something. And that fear will motivate people to try to not fail. And eventually, many times, what happens is they fail. And they fail over and over and over again because they don't realize what's behind their motivation. There's, you know, there's the, there is, there, there are um, real evident types of fear that, that, that most people would think would relate fear to, like the fear of the dark, or the fear of somebody hurting you, or the fear of dying suddenly, you know, something happening bad to you. And many people talk about all these fears more than they talk about God. The Bible said that David sought the Lord. Question is, how do we seek God? Individually, as a person, how do you seek the Lord? You know, do you go looking for Him somewhere on the planet? You know, somebody calls you on the phone, they say, where are you? Well, I'm up by Enchanted Rock, I was looking for God. No, you don't have to go looking for God in the forest somewhere or in, in, in a, on a big rock or a big mountain somewhere or in another country somewhere. David sought the presence of the Lord. And in the presence of the Lord is fullness. There's the fullness of everything that we need. If you were a thirsty person and you sought the Lord and you found Him and He had this massive pitcher of water, barrel of water, and there was, no, there was no end to how much you could have because his barrel was tied to a live stream and there was no end to, to, to the water that you could get, then that's the picture that's got to be built on the inside of you and I, that when we seek the Lord, there's fullness. Fullness to the point of overflowing of whatever it is that we need. But if we don't seek the Lord and we don't seek the Lord to such a level that we really believe that He hears what we're asking and we're confident that what we've declared and what we've asked is His will, then He said, he's, because He told us, if we will declare things, if we'll know what His will is and declare those things, then we can have what He says that we can have. And when I get that settled on the inside of me, then nothing can talk me out of it. No fear of man's situation or anything else can talk me out of what rightfully belongs to me in God. David sought the Lord. He was convinced that the Lord heard him and the Lord delivered him of all of his fears. I've said this to you before and I've said this many times that fear is the root to all destruction in life. Fear is. The fear of. And actually, Many people in our society make tons of money on fear. And I, I won't, I won't, I'm, I'm not going to go into all of that because, you know, I mean, th there are people that their whole career is based on causing somebody to be afraid that something's going to happen and they sell them on that. Their whole careers. And I'm, and I'm not against what they're doing because most people in the world that don't understand the Word of God think that being afraid of things is a good thing. It keeps you on your toes. 
A little fear is good, or a certain amount of fear is good because it, it keeps you, you know, stirred up. And, and I, I know what they're saying, but to be afraid of anything is not of God. God hasn't given you and I the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power, love, and that of a sound and a well-balanced mind. I don't have to be afraid of anything, is what the word says. David sought the Lord, the Lord heard him, and he delivered of him all of his fears. There was nothing, there was nothing in David's life that couldn't be overcome. And, And if you see If you take the time period of this passage right here in David's life, I'm telling you, he did amazing exploits for God in God's kingdom. He did amazing things from there on out. Why? Because he was delivered of fear. I'm just telling you today, if David needed to be delivered of fear, I'm telling you, you and I need to be delivered of all fear. Amen? We don't want any type of trace of fear in our lives. And I'll just tell you this, what I've realized is, through the years is that it's a lifelong endeavor it's not something that we try to do it's something that we overcome like like that Luke 10 19 God's given you and I authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy see it's how I view it I need to see the devil under my feet most people see the devil's foot on their neck Now, they may not visualize the devil, but they see the fear of things on top of them. They're being pressed in given situations, right? And and it's that fear that keeps them bound up. When when, When we reverse the tables on that through seeking the Lord and pursuing the things of God, when we turn the tables on that, then we see the devil under our feet and not him on top of us. Fear has no dominion in your and my life. Can you say amen? When we taught this series, we talked out of Genesis 3, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time in Genesis 3, but <clears throat> um, you know the story. God created Adam and Eve, and he gave them the animals, and they named the animals, and they had a really good thing going on, and God said, you know what? All this is yours. I give you dominion. God created man with dominion in the earth. And... and He said, only one thing, don't mess with the tree in the middle of the garden, and don't don't touch the fruit on that tree. That tree is sacred. It's set apart. Don't mess with that. You don't need to know that. What it was was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they didn't need to know. They didn't need to have the knowledge of evil. God created them with good. Everybody say, God's good. They were created in His image, so they were created good, and they were created to think good. You don't need the knowledge of of evil you don't need the knowledge of evil and the enemy came in and he deceived them satan lucifer came into a snake body and that was created good was created on two feet snakes looked like this they were on two feet walking and they in and and when god sent him to the dust of the earth to the ground he went on his belly and he's been crawling ever since. And Satan, Lucifer, <clears throat> came and deceived Adam and Eve, and they partook of the fruit. And when they did, we pick up in the Scripture, and it says, um, when they did, it says, verse 7 of Genesis 3, then the eyes of both of them 
were what? Open. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and he said to him, Where are you? You think God knew where he was? (laughs) Hiding behind a tree. God can't see him? No. God knew where he was. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And then, and, and then the man said, notice, you know, God's saying all this to the man. And the man goes, it's the, that woman you gave me. And, and, and she gave me of the tree and I ate it. And you could say a lot of things right there. If she gave you a, uh, well, we won't say anything else. Are you going to eat it? And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And she blamed the serpent. And then the serpent looked around and thought, well, who else is there? And, uh, and so there's two things here that I think are key to us understanding fear. Number one, God said in verse 8, or it says that they heard him in, in uh, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid themselves. And when God called to Adam, he said, where are you? He said, we heard your voice in the garden, and we were afraid. All fear, and the title of my message tonight is The Source of All Fear. All fear comes from right here. All fear on planet Earth originates from this statement right here. And there's there's something that is added to it. I always thought, I always thought that they were afraid because they were naked. But that would have to be a lie. Number one, were they afraid of the animals? Were they afraid of snakes? Were they afraid of crocodiles? Rhinoceroses? No fear. No fear. So they see each other naked and they're going to be afraid? I don't know anybody afraid of naked people. (laughs) They weren't afraid. They were afraid because they did wrong. They sinned. They disobeyed God. If you're driving down the freeway, or driving down a road and the speed limit's 50 miles an hour and you're driving 70 and you know it, I promise you, you're looking. 
And when the popo pulls out and the little red lights come behind you, fear grips your heart. Why? Because you sinned. (laughs) Whatever. You disobeyed. What? The law. And the Bible says obey the laws of the land. You disobeyed. Right? When I was a young, when I was a, when I was young, growing up playing golf in New Mexico, we had lots and lots of rattlesnakes. Lots of rattlesnakes. And after a while, you come to the place where you, you don't underestimate a rattler, but you know, I came to the place where I knew, even to this day, that I've got dominion over that snake. I'm quicker than he is. I don't, want to have, I, I don't disrespect him. I honor him where he's at, <laughs> you know, and, and I know what he can do, but I know what I can do because I did it over and over and over again. So I had a respect for snakes, but I wasn't afraid of them. Right? Now, if I'm laying on the ground and one starts crawling over me, I, I mean, I don't like the thought of that, you know? Fear will grip, try to grip your heart. But when you understand your enemy and you understand what that thing can do, then you respect that. See? So, if I don't want to be being gripped in my heart about the police pulling me over, then just drive the speed limit, right? So in other words, I'm not afraid of the policeman, but I respect him. And I realize that if I drive too fast, that he can pull me over and he's right and I'm wrong. And I have to admit that. Adam and Eve weren't willing to admit it, and as a result of it, all of mankind, all of mankind, lost their place and position for 4,000 years. Thank God for Jesus who brought us back. Can you say amen? But all fear originated from right here. All fear. Now, I'm going to read two passages of Scripture and then just bring this home. Luke chapter 5. And verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. This is Jesus. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon, which was Peter's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out in the deep and let down the nets for a catch. But Simon answered him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Now this is a professional fisherman who knows how to fish, and he doesn't really know and has, you know, I mean, he probably knows who Jesus is, and he knows he's a carpenter, not a fisherman. And so... Who are you to tell me to cast my net when I've toiled all night and we've caught nothing? Everybody say nothing. 
They caught absolutely nothing. Um, but Simon answered said, Master, we've toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a what? I'm a sinful man, Peter said. Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And um, here we see a man who questioned, he questioned the word of God, he questioned the words of Jesus, and he says to Jesus, depart from me for I am a sinful man. I've made mistakes like this throughout my whole life. And as a result of that, what Peter did, he repented, and we saw, we saw Peter struggle with this issue right here throughout his whole life in the three years he was with Jesus. What was it? It was fear. It was the fear of what? It was the fear of all the mistakes that he had made. You know, why, would, why, why do you think that Peter didn't rejoice over this net-breaking haul of fish that made them thousands of dollars? Why do you think he, wasn't, he didn't rejoice over that? Because he didn't believe he deserved it. See, what fear does is it makes us sin-conscious of all the mistakes that we've made to believe that we can't ever be in a position to receive from God. Say tonight, I'm a receiver because there's no fear in me. Amen? As receivers tonight, fear has no dominion and no power. Sin consciousness, we're not going to allow to be a part of our lives. Depart from me, Jesus. I don't deserve this fish because I'm a sinful man. Why? Because he'd done a lot of wrong things. We saw him do some stupid things. Have any of you ever done some stupid things? No, don't raise your hand. <clears throat> We've all done stupid things. But you know what? The fear that God won't accept us and receive us like we are, that fear will keep you from receiving all that God has from you. What it should do, what, what should happen is our faith and confidence in what Jesus has produced for us, that should arise and destroy all fear, right? Because when faith arises and faith is working in you, fear can't be in anywhere around. It has no place to stay. That's what we have to develop. That's what we have to work on on a day-to-day -day basis. If we don't and we don't work it out and we don't develop it, it will stay the same, we'll stay sin conscious, and fear will whip our tails day in and day out. That's the way it's been set up. That's what's out there. I wish God had another plan where everything would just go away and everything would be perfect, but it's not that way. He gave you and I the authority that we read out of Luke chapter 10. He gave us authority, the sons of men in the earth, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of His Word. He's given us authority in the earth. 
But I'm telling you, if fear continues to remain, sin consciousness continues to remain, we won't receive anything. How crazy it would be for a guy that just was blessed by the creator of the universe with a net breaking load of fish. I mean, he had to call other boats to come. They, they fished all night, not one fish, not one. And now they've filled up multiple boats, and he's ready to just throw them all back. Why? Because of fear. Fear will destroy your advancement. And tonight, we're a people, we're a church of people that have no fear. Can you say amen to that? No fear. No fear. No fear here. Amen? Hebrews chapter 13 and Hebrews 10, and we'll end with that. Hebrews 13. And verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Amen? When... when it's kind, of, it's kind of like the passage in Psalm 34. When David sought the Lord, and in his seeking, he, he was connecting with the Lord. As he's connecting, there's, there's, there's a, a relationship going on. He's hearing from God, and he knows that God is hearing him. He's hearing from God, and he knows that God is hearing him. And the Lord delivered him of all of his fear. When you know that God will never leave you and forsake you, when you know the favor of God is on your life, that you've been empowered by God to accomplish anything and everything that is set before you, when you know that, then you can boldly say with your own mouth, the Lord is my helper. Say that tonight. The Lord is my helper. Say it again. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. In this passage, you, you see relationship here. It's not just saying the Lord is my helper and thinking some magic thing's going to come out of that and you're going to get help. No, in relationship, you become convinced that God is your helper. Well, if you're doing something and God's the helper, why would we not get help from the helper, right? And understand how he's going to help us and in the midst of understanding how he's going to help, everything gets worked out. But there's a relationship Involved. There's, there's a connection that has to be involved there because, as, as this passage says, after, after it says here, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What, what, is that, what, what does that say about fear? That means that if the Lord isn't your helper, you're going to fear. I'll say it again. If the Lord's not helping you because you're not drawing from Him, you're not hearing Him, he's not, you're not convinced that He's hearing you, you're going to try to figure things out and work them out yourself, and I promise you, you'll live in fear. That's what the enemy's after. He wants you and I to live in a place of fear. Because you know what fear says? Fear tells you nonstop, all the time, God's not big enough to take care of the situation that you're facing. 
God's not big enough to answer your needs. God's not, God's not concerned enough about you. Why? Because of all the bad mistakes that you've made. That sin consciousness. Lord, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. You know, actually, that's pretty stupid. Right? I don't know about you, but, but I mean, I, I figure Peter was a pretty smart businessman. And <laughs> you, you got a guy in your boat that told you to do something. He's the helper, and he's helping you. <laughs> and, and, and you're filling your boats, your buddy's boats, other people's boats, and calling them all in, and you're filling every boat, and then you're telling him to leave? See, but that's what fear does. It makes you make stupid decisions. I know. I've made them. I've made them. I'm telling you, every single time, fear will lead you the wrong way. When you're motivated by fear and not motivated by the person of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. See, the, the Holy Spirit is not just coming out of a cloud somewhere. The Holy Spirit is inside of me. I've got to take the time to develop the relationship and the oneness with him where I believe that he hears me and I know that I've heard him. Have, have you ever talked to somebody that almost sounded arrogant about being able to hear God? Well, God said this. Well, I, I've known lots of people who God said this and then he changed his mind the next week. And then two weeks later, he changed his mind again. Looked like God was schizo, right? But that's not, that's not God. When God says something and you know it, you, you don't have to treat that like you're something because without him, you're nothing. See, if I've heard the voice of God to do something and it, and it produces a boatload of fish or whatever it is, and it produces that, see, it's because of my relationship with God and mixed in that relationship is true humility. You, 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 you can't come into the presence of God and not humble yourself under His mighty hand. It just doesn't work. See, you, you, you're not going to confess four scriptures and a poem and everything in your life is just going to work out. Confession of the Word is good because it makes us aware of God, but then there's the relationship with God. And what gets mixed in to the great things that God does is true humility. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He'll exalt you at the proper time. Amen? And in the midst of that, we're casting our care upon Him, not us trying to take the care of things and work everything out. See, it's all relational. And in that relationship, fear goes. But it's a lifelong, developing journey that you and I have to stay involved in. And I'm telling you, the enemy's working overtime to pull you out of that journey. Get you out and get you sidetracked and get you trying to figure it out yourself and work certain situations out and all this kind of stuff. No. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Amen. What's the answer to that? Well, it depends on if you're in fear or not. Well, let me tell you, you know, if they could do this or they could take this or they could, they could all this. No. No, when you're not in fear, man can do nothing. That's the answer to the question, but it depends on what's working on the inside of us. I don't know about you.
No fear here. No fear here. Amen? This church is a church of receivers because there's no fear. Amen. Hebrews 10, and I'll end with this. Hebrews 10 and verse um, 14. For by one offering, he is perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So the, the, the those are you and I. And we are being sanctified, and yet he's perfected us forever. He's he's empowered us to a place of perfection, of maturity, but it comes through sanctification on a day-to-day basis. What is that? Relationship. It all goes back to relationship. You can talk about it. You can do things that appear like you're sanctified and you're holy and those kind of things, but but it's it's a cleansing day-to-day process that we walk through with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit being our helper. See, the Word of God really can't work for us to the level it was created to if the Holy Spirit is not helping it. Because, because I may come up against something and there's fear just staring me in the face. And when I have a relationship with God, I start praying in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit begins to show me. And I begin to ask Him, Lord, you know what? What do I do about this? I, I don't know what to do. And it's like... The way I hear him, when I, make, when I make a statement like that to him, the way I hear him is, I'm glad you're asking me. Because then he'll talk. See, if we'll talk to him, he'll talk to us. David was convinced that the Lord heard him. Man, that's ultimate relationship. He was convinced that the Lord heard him. And because of that, he delivered him of all fear. Well, This passage through the blood of Jesus says we've already been delivered of fear. Now watch, next verse. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said before this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and in their mouths I will write them. Then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And the question is, if he doesn't remember our sins, then why do we? And the answer to that question is fear. How could God really forgive me of that? Listen, you didn't deserve it, You didn't deserve to be forgiven of the things that you've done wrong. But he knew that, and he knew you'd feel that way, and he knew that sin consciousness would come after you to try to destroy you and keep you from receiving. And he sent me to tell you tonight, let it go. Just let it go every day, let it go. No, 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 no. Jesus forgave me. And the more we let it go, the more we do what's right. He said, 
their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Verse 19 and 20. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way. Everybody say new. There's a new way. We don't have to live under the condemnation of a sin-conscious, fear-filled life. It's a new and a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. What Jesus accomplished liberated you and I. He died one time for all men and has empowered you and I to be free of that and not give in to sin. And, and, and I, gotta, I said that was it, but i got to end with this verse. And just write it down. You can look at it. I just want to read it so you have it. It's Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Man, I like this verse. Romans 6 and 14. For sin shall not have dominion over me. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. Amen? Sin shall not have dominion over me. You know what I put in there? Because of what I've talked about tonight, what I put in there is fear shall not have dominion over me. I'm a receiver, not fear-filled. Fear has no dominion in me, so I am a receiver of the things of God. Even when outside things or thoughts try to tell me different. I am a receiver of the things of God.